0: Hi, this is Sam,
1: and this is Zenyuan,
0: and this is Murderous Intention. Hey guys, okay, so after a short break we had we're gonna come back at you with another case. <clears throat> um so first of all let's just say Mary Bell was rough. Not where it was like there was she did a lot of things, but it was just a lot of things to intake about how a child can be able to do These themes and kind of like. Seemingly get away with it. Alright. Now. For this episode. I decided to. Open our mind and bring in. A teenager. Because our case today. Deals with teenagers. Who have committed. This heinous. Extreme. Gruesome. Murder. Um. And so I do present to you guys my lovely child. Um, we will call her Meek, just for short, sure, just so you know, pack it in, you know. I'm want to say hi? I'm still very upset about the last one. <laughs> okay, so she was actually listening in on the Mary Bell, and she's still a little um, shooken by the disturbing... Guy details and all that but yeah so that's that I'll,
2: I'll try my best like, this one.
0: okay so now we're gonna go to this case um, and it starts off like this <laughs> um, so A girl hysterically walks in, right, to the police station, um, and she tells them she witnessed a murder, and it was a very gruesome murder. Now, and she didn't completely, completely partake in it, but she was there. And she's like hysterical, she's, she's just overwhelmed with emotion because of what happened the night before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, did I stir up everybody's jets? Well, let's go on this flight. Why you say no? I don't know nothing yet. Well, we're going to get there. Okay. So. As she was saying that, as she's telling her side, earlier that day, before she went into the prison, a body was found. Um, not like the side of the road, but it was like a abandoned road kind of thing. Um, and... It was it looked like a mannequin for the for the gentleman who found her. And it was burnt mostly on the face and the torso. Um so Let's get to the case but keep those two factors in mind. Okay? So Okay. <laughs> the face he's making is only like what why are we doing it so yeah, shonda
1: face,
0: okay okay this is your thinking you, thank you, you, face. you but- okay. okay okay so shonda Sh- sherry um Charette, I'm not gonna, i don't want to keep butchering her last name so we're gonna call her chandra i mean Shonda. um she was born in the Pinville Community Hospital in Pinville, Kentucky. Um, hold on one second. And her birthday is June 6 seventy nine. So yeah, go, girlfriend. Um, and her parents are Stefan and his wife Jacqueline, who you know. She was... She would be later known as Jacqueline Volt. Um, so... After her... Her parents separated... Well, divorced. She went and was with her mom. And she'll, like, stay a weekend at her dad's... You know, kind of like that scenario. Um... Her mom remarried. And the family moved to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, there... Um... Sandra, Sandra had to um, attend a different school, um, and it was in fifth and sixth grade where she went to a Catholic school, girl um, called St. Paul's School, where she was on the cheerleading, volleyball, and softball teams. Um, when then her mom divorced again, <laughs> so then the family moved. In June 1991 to New Albany Indiana um, and that's where she enrolled into Hazelwood Middle School so like oh, most girls you know um, it's you want to look good for your first day especially being the new girl you know so Early in the school year, she transferred to Our Lady of Perpetual Help School, which is a Catholic school um, in New Albany, where she had joined the girls' basketball team. Okay. Okay, so this is a girl who's, you know, she's very into being into her sports, you know, there's nothing holding her back from being a social butterfly, you know. So then in nineteen ninety we're gonna we're gonna take it back so that way you know everything that's going on of why you know she went from Hazelwood middle school then to uh a Catholic school again. So in nineteen ninety, um for so hold on. got in the seat of my pants okay so and I know it's just um certain things seem to have gotten a little misplaced in my story okay um so when Sandra goes to school um she kinda how do I put it she meets this girl named Aunt Amanda Heeren Heeren, which we'll just simply just call her Amanda. Um, so they met in the early fall semester at Hazelwood Junior High when they got into a fight, which oh. it was funny. It's a it's a really funny fight and very stupid at the same time. Um, so. Sandra goes and hears a girl saying, Oh, you know, I I want to give my ring back to her which now her ex boyfriend, you know, but she doesn't want to go see the guy. She doesn't want to be in front of the guy when she has to give it because she's already in a mo, you know, in a pain. So Sandra offers to go and bring it to the boy the ex boyfriend. So when she gives it to the ex-boy the ring to the ex boyfriend, Funny thing is, he's the cousin to Amanda. So Amanda tells her that she needs to stay out of it and mind her business. And leave it between her cousin and that girl. Right? That the girl wants to return the ring, then the girl needs to, you know. So they get into a little fight. Um, So they both end up in detention for like a week. And with that, they became... You know they start talking and start hanging out and start realizing that they have a lot in common. Um, just so you guys know, okay. So they become, like I said, they become friends during while in detention for the altercation and later exchange romantic letters. Now we're gonna bring in somebody else, just because if I don't bring this person in, you're gonna be like, wait, what? What? Okay. So in 1990 as well um there's a girl who's 14 and her name is Melinda Loveless and she was actually dating Amanda and everybody in the school knew this that they those two were dating okay they didn't care who had a problem with it they didn't care about showing their a romantic expressions so um so basically after loveless father had left the family and her mother remarried loveless behavior became very erotic she got into fights at school she was being reported being depressed um which resulted in her receiving professional counseling and then in march 1991 loveless came out to her mother who was initially furious, you know. She didn't want to hear that her child was um, a lesbian, and she got pissed off, which I I can't agree with her because I'm like, you know, it is what it is. You fall in love with who you fall in love with, whatever the case may be. Leave it alone, you know. Yeah. Um. So, but then the mother came around and accepted it. So, as the year progressed, Loveless' relationship with Amanda started to deteriorate. Because, apparently, now it's not that much fun, you know, when you're not kind of like sneaking behind mom's back. But, Loveless also became a little more possessive, if you want to put it that way. And Amanda was not kind of into that whole thing where it was like... You gotta know where I'm at. You know. Or if you see me talking to another girl. You're gonna get jealous over it. You know. So. Which. Love was seeing. Amanda and Shonda. Sandra Um. Communicating. And having a friendship. And passing notes. Because remember. This is the time where there was no. You know. Text messaging. Um. It was. Note passing. And she was seeing that there was a lot of nook nope passing between them. So she immediately grew jealous of Amanda and Shonda's relationship. And then in early um, October of 1991, Amanda asked Chandra to the dance. Um, and they went. They went together. They, What's that face for? <laughs> Okay. Bye. So they went together um, at the school dance um, where Melinda was like wait, what? Yeah, here together? Um, and then she confronted them and although Amanda and Loveless also Mel- you know Melinda, I just I go back and forth between calling her Melinda and Loveless. Sorry. Um, had never formally ended their relationship so to Loveless they were still in a relationship Um, but for Amanda she was already done with it you know she was ready to to try to find a way to see if Chandra was like her you know and liked her in more ways than one so um then loveless started to date an older girl so she figured maybe if i date an older girl amanda will get jealous and come back right okay time that we always try to figure we can get that person back so after amanda and Sh- and um shanda attended the festival together in late October, Loveless began to discuss killing Shonda and threatening her in public. So, with concerns about the effect um, that was going on with their daughter and the relationship between Amanda and the problems in school, Shonda's mom said, I'm taking you out of school and we're going to transfer you back to Catholic school and um, and it was in like late November um, so Amanda stated she gave letters to Loveless she gave letters Loveless sent her containing death notes towards Shonda to a youth um, prosecutor but the youth prosecutor never did anything about it as far as she knew so like there are people aware of what Loveless is saying to Shonda. And let's remember, Shonda's only 12. Okay? Loveless, um, at this point, is about like 15. So, everybody is mostly older. Or like in their 14s, 15s, um, and a little bit above. Compared to Shonda. Shonda's 12. Um so here's a little um back history on Melinda. So the extent of her dad's abuse towards her and his other daughters is unclear, being honest. There is various court testimonies claiming he fondled Melinda as a as an infant, molested um uh, his um Molested Mar- Marjorie's, which is Melinda's mom, um, thirteen years old sister, early in the wedding, in the marriage, um, and molested the girl's cousin Teddy from age ten to fourteen. So this father has quite a few issues. That is like y- you need a you need to be mm, extracted. I'm gonna say that. So, both older girls said he molested them through Melinda. Though Melinda did not admit this ever happened to her, she slept in bed with him until he abandoned his family when she was 14. In court, Teddy described an incident in which Larry tied all three girls in a garage and raped them in secession. However... The sisters did not confirm this account, so Larry was verbally abusive to his daughters and fired a handgun in the direction of Melinda's older sister, Michelle. There's a lot of M's going around in this family, just saying. Um, when she was seven and intentionally missing her. Um, so he shot with the intention to not actually hit her with the, with the bullet. He would also embarrass his children by finding their underwears and smelling it in front of other family members. So for two years, beginning while when Melinda was five, the family was deeply involved in Graceland Baptist Church. Larry and Marjorie gave a full confession and renounced drinking and swinging when they were members. So, Larry became um, a Baptist lay preacher and Major became the school nurse. The church later arranged for Melinda to be taken to a motel room with a 50-year-old man for a five-hour exorcism. Is exorcism still part of society? I know back then it was. That's when we were in the satanic um, craze panic. I thought exorcism was for
2: um, uh, banishing demons. What is it about a 50-year-old man and her in a hotel
0: room? Well, that's that's a good point, though. But, yeah. Not unless this old, old man has
2: a demon inside him, then okay, exercise him.
0: They were gonna exercise her what? for five hours. So, what? 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 So.
2: I, that makes yeah. me concerned now.
0: Okay. <laughs> so Larry became a marriage counselor with the church and acquired a reputation for being too forward with women, eventually attempting to rape one of them. After that incident, the loveless parents left the church and returned to their former professions and drank. In ni- on November 1990, After Larry was caught spying on Melinda and a friend, Madra attacked him with a knife. He was sent to the hospital after he attempted to grab it. She then attempted suicide again and her daughters called authorities. So after that incident, Larry filed for a divorce and moved to Avon Park, Florida. Melinda felt crushed, especially when Larry remarried. He sent letters to her for a while playing on her emotions but eventually severed all contact with her so that's a little what reason of why she's a little bit crazy in the sense and very um obsessed when she falls in love with somebody but still that does not give us a reason for what i'm about to tell you now so we're gonna jump to the night of january 10th 1992 sorry so Lawrence who is age 15 um, and I, I had a note here before about just like brief little notes on who they are so hold on one So real quick, um, Lawrence is actually Tony Lawrence and not like the Tony Lawrence from the Three Brothers. Um, This Tony Lawrence was born in Madison on February 14th, 1976. Her father was a boil maker, boiler maker. Um she was clo- she was close friends with Ripe Ripley Sorry if I get this name wrong. Ripy, Ripy, Ripy. What's your name? From childhood. And that would be Hope Ripy, which I'm going to in a few tell you about her. Um So she was abused by a relative at the age of 9 and was raped by a teenage boy at the age of 14. Although the police were only able to issue an order for the boy to keep away from Lawrence, she went into counseling after the incident, but did not follow through. She became promiscuous, um, she began to self-harm, and she attempted suicide in 8th grade. Alright? So, now... Lawrence was 15, and then we're going to go into Ripe, Ripey, which is her name is actually Hope, uh, Hope and Anna Ripey, which she was also born in Madison on June 9th, 1976. Her father was an engineer at a power plant. Her parents divorced in February 1984. She moved with her mother and siblings to Quincy, Michigan for three years. She claimed that living with her family in Michigan was somewhat turbulent. Her parents resumed their relationship back in Madison in 1987. She was reunited with her friends Tackett and Tony Lawrence, which we just discussed, Um. Whom she had known since childhood. Although her parents saw Tackett as a bad influence. (laughs) As with most girls, Ripley began to self-harm at the age of 15. Now, there's a lot of self-harm in here. Yes. There's a lot of issues with these four main girls. So, I gave you the story about... Melinda Lovelace about Tony Lawrence and now Hope Riley, who is fifteen. Okay. Now remember, Lovelace is sixteen, Lawrence is fifteen, Riley Hope is fifteen as well. So Tackett, Tackett is actually was seventeen years old at the time of this whole shenanig. This whole issue came aboard, and her name is actually Mary. Laurene Tackett, or she prefers to be called Lori, and she was born also in Madison, Indiana on October fifth, 1974. Her mother was a fundamentalist Pentecostal Christian, and her father was a factory worker with two felony convictions in the 1960s. Tackett claimed that she was molested at least twice as a child between the ages of five and twelve. In May 1989, her mother discovered that Tackett was changing into jeans at school, and after a confrontation that night, attempted to strangle her. What? Wait, who's trying to strangle who? So, what happened was, um, Lori was changing her clothes into jeans. I guess she was supposed to be wearing skirts, and that's what her mom wanted. Remember, she's Pentecostal. They're supposed to wear skirts. Oh, my God. Um... So she would, when she would leave the house, she would end up changing into jeans. Her mom find found out, and her mom strangled Lori. So social workers had became involved, and Tackett parents agreed to unannounced visits to ensure that child abuse was not occurring. So Lori and her mother came into periodic um, conflicts. At one point, her mother went. To Hope Riley's house after learning that Riley's parent father had purchased an a Ouija board for the girls, she demanded that the board be burnt and that the Reapy house be exercised. Remember, once again, she's Pentecostal. They're really into their their beliefs. I'm not gonna get into it because I don't wanna. Um, say anything that's hurtful to anybody's beliefs. So we're just gonna leave it like that. Um, so Tacky became... So Lori became increasingly rebellious after her 15th birthday and also became fascinated with the occult. She would often attempt to impress her friends by pretending to be possessed by the spirit of Deanna the Vampire. So As we know that's made up. <laughs> yes, we all know that. Um, so Lori began to engage in self-harm as well, especially after early 1991 when she began dating a girl who was involved in the practice. Her parents discovered the self-mutilations and checked her into a hospital on March
2: 19, 1991. Wouldn't any parent do that? I mean, like, your child's... Yes, so when your child
0: is harming their self, yes, put them into, you know... An institution, just to. give I'm guessing them
2: all of these girls just loved to self harm themselves. They're like, oh, even though they did, I'm not saying like they loved it, loved it like in a rude way, because I was one of them. But like, please, ch- ch- let's 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 calm down. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm concerned about
0: y'all mental well being. True. Okay. Now back to this. Um So she was prescribed an antidepressant and released 2 days later with her girlfriend and to- Tony Lawrence. So Lori cut her wrist deeply and was returned to the hospital. So after treatment of her wounds, she was admitted back again to the hospital psychiatric ward. Um where she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and confessed that she had experienced hallucination since she was a young child. She was discharged on April twelfth. So my thing is, they discharged her like month, like not even a month. So how do you know if she's like actually well enough?
2: If I was a doctor, do I'd be like, you know what? You're gonna stay here for like um maybe like two or three months. Just like I could like. You know, keep an eye. Yeah, and if you're like hallucinating, um, is, I don't know, is there like pills for that? What was she hallucinating about? And what else did you say about it? I forgot the rest. I heard it. Halluc- I heard her hallucinating. I'm like, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> what were you hallucinating about?
0: <laughs> okay. So I'm 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 gonna leave you right there, okay? Cause this is a big story.
2: Yes, it is, and I'm over here like, um, confusion.
0: Okay. So. She was hallucinating since she was a young child. She was discharged on April 12th. She dropped out of high school in September 1991. Um, Lori stayed in Louisville in October 1991 to live with various friends. There she met Lovelace and the two became friends in late November. Then in December, Lori moved back to Madison on the promise that her father would buy her a car she still spent most of her time in Louisville and New Albany and by December she spent most of her time with Melinda Loveless okay I, re- I remember one part so you said she had she had
2: um like um, a, per- a personality thing uh borderline personality disorder she had so she had like a lot of personalities
0: I don't know what I'm thinking about right now. No, you're thinking about multiple personality oh. disorder. Oh, oh. So, what does the other word mean? Borderline personality disorder. It's kind of like um. you <laughs> switching it up now. No, I'm just, I'm just. So, it's also known as an emotional unstable personality disorder. Um, a personality disorder characterizes by a long-term pattern of unstable interpersonal relationships distorted sense of self and strong emotion
2: okay so this is not to be rude but like aren't aren't all these girls like aren't these four girls basically unstable because like a lot of drama happened in their life they're traumatized let's get some therapy like you're gonna you lawrence are gonna have this therapist you're gonna go here, you gonna go here, and then you're just, you need, you, Melinda, you need a, you need a lot of help. So you, you're gonna stay here, you're gonna go to a psych ward for, like, more than a month. I'm not gonna say a year, but I'm literally gonna need to get you some help. Because, am um, you're, you're a little, um, messed up in the head. Not to be rude, but please, get some help okay now I'm scared of every Melinda that I'll meet so now that I know about this Melinda I'm gonna be scared <laughs> to be another Melinda okay. be yeah, like yo one. are you gonna be like Melinda
0: loveless? okay okay calm down calm down calm down okay the eight so, caps. so like I said on like, let's go back, um, so on the night of January 10th, 1992, Loveless 15, Hope, I mean, not Loveless, um, Lawrence, Tony, Tony 15, Hope 15, and Laurie 17 drove in Tacky's, um, Lawrence's card, I'm gonna stop calling them by the last name, so that way it doesn't, like, make a lot of confusion. What
2: was Lawrence's name? Lawrence's name, so what was her name?
0: Lauren is Lauren Tachetti.
2: No. L- L- Lawrence, yeah. I meant.
0: Tony Lawrence? Tony Lawrence. Okay. That sounds like a boy name, but I ain't gonna say anything. It's Tony with an I instead of a y. I,
2: n- I know. I could see it, but, like, to me, it sounded like a okay. boy
0: name. So, they got into Lawrence's car, Laurie's car, um, from Madison. They went to Melinda's house in New Albany, and... Hope and Tony, while both friends with um, Laurie, had not previously met um, Melinda, who at the time was 16, but upon arrival, they borrowed some clothes from La- from Melinda, and she showed them a knife, telling them she was going to scare Shonda, Shonda with it, while Laurie Hope and Tony had never met Chandra before that night Lori had already known of the plan to intimidate the 12 years old child okay so Loveless explained well Melinda Loveless explained to the other two girls um, that she disliked Chandra for being a copycat and for stealing her girlfriend
2: how are you a copycat if you didn't do anything
0: well, that's what she's saying to get these girls to kind of, like, agree with what she was going to do. No, no.
2: If I was those girls, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to meet this girl first. Then to see if you're right.
0: So, Laurie let, um, Hope drive the four girls to, um, to Jeffersonville. While Shan- Chandra stayed with her father on the weekends. Remember I told you that? Okay. So stopping at McDonald's restaurant en route to ask for directions they arrived at Chandra's house shortly before dark. Loveless instructed um, Hope and Tony to go to the door and introduce themselves as friends of Amanda which was said to be you know Melinda's ex-girlfriend now possibly Chandra's Current girlfriend.
2: How old is... Linda? No, I am mean,
0: Amanda? Amanda's 15. And... Sh... 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 Shanda? Shanda is 12. Okay, I'm not gonna... I'm okay. not gonna say anything about that. You do use those. So... Girls- then... Invite them... She told them... Then invite Shanda to come with them... To see Amanda... Who was waiting for them at the Witch's Castle on Mistletoe Falls. A ruined... She's over here saying,
2: No. I don't trust that. Yes, come meet your, um, I guess your girlfriend at a witch place.
0: Okay. So, a ruined stone house um, located on an isolated hill overlooking the Ohio River. Chandra said that she could not go because her parents were awake. And she told the girls to come back around midnight. A few hours later. So, what's that about? Nothing good happens at
2: midnight. Nothing. Terrible things happen at midnight. We all know that.
0: Yep. Cinderella turns back into a pumpkin. But
2: wait. No, Cinderella turned back into her. her, her. It's 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 a thing. It's a thing. Let it go. But um sh- okay. Let's so, not sneak out.
0: Yes, let's not. Mom and dad are going to be pissed. Uh, Mom and dad are not going to be pissed. They're going to be a little more in a little more different way. What the... So, um, so... Melinda was angry at first, but Hope and Tony assured her about returning to Chandra's later. The four girls crossed the river to Louisville and returned for Chandra later. I mean, um, and attended a punk rock show by the band Sunspring at the Audubon Skate Park near Interstate 65. So, Tony and Hope quickly lost interest in the music and went to to the parking lot outside where they engage in sexual activities with two boys in Lori's car. This poor girl in her car. Eventually, the four girls left for Chandra's house. During the ride, uh, Melinda said that she could not wait to kill Chandra. However, Loveless also said she just intended to use a knife to frighten her. When they arrived at Chandra's house at 12.30 a.m., Tony refused to retrieve Chandra, so Lori and Hope went to the door. Melinda hid underneath a blanket with um, in the back seat of the car with the knife. Hope told... Sandra, that Amanda was still at the witch's castle. Um, Sandra was reluctant, relu- reluctant, to go with her, yet agreed after changing her clothes. And I, I just want to say, no, you never. When you feel like you shouldn't do something, and you feel like your guts turning. You just go ahead, say that you're if, a teenager. Say it. If,
2: if you like, if you have a bad feeling, your gut is like. Turning and stuff, and it's and in your head, you have like a little voice in your head, so like telling you like, don't do this. Don't trust. Just don't do it at all. Mhm. You should just listen to your gut, and just like be like, no, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Don't be like. Don't be dumb and be like, you know what? Screw it. Sure, I'll go if you guys.
0: Be smart. Okay. So as they as they got in the car, Hope began questioning Chandra about her relationship with Amanda. Melinda then sprang, sprang out from back the back seat, put the knife to Sandra's throat, and began interrogating her about her sexual relationship with Amanda. They drove towards Utica and the Witch's Castle. There, Lori told the girls that a local legend said the house was once owned by nine witches and that townspeople burned down the house to get rid of the witches. At the witch's castle, they took a sobbing sh- Sandra inside, bounded her arms and legs with rope. There, Melinda taunted her, taunted Um, Chandra that she had pretty hair and wondered how pretty would she look if they were to cut it off. Which frightened Chandra even more. Loveless began taking off Chandra's rings and handing each to the girls. At some point, Hope had taken Chandra's Mickey Mouse watch and danced to the tune it played. Then, Laurie further taunted Chandra, claiming that the witch castle was filled with human remains and Chandra would be next. Oh my God. To further threaten Chandra, Laurie then retrieved a shirt with a smiley design from the car and lit it on fire. But immediately feared that the fire would be spotted by passing cars, so the girls left with Chandra. During the car ride, though, Chandra um, continued begging them to take her back home, but Loveless ordered Chandra to slip off her bra, which she then handed over to Hope, who slid off her bra and replaced it with Chandra's while steering the car. I don't get why they did that. Like, I don't. I'm so confused. So they began, they became lost and they stopped at a gas station and covered Sandra in a blanket. So while Lori went inside to ask for directions, Tony called a boy she knew in Louisville and chatted for several minutes to ease her worries. But did not mention the whole Sandra abduction, you know, going on. They returned to the car, but became lost again and pulled over to another gas station. So, I'm saying, if you're having this much issues, that's a sign. Stop what you're doing. Go back home. Leave it alone. Don't think about it anymore. Let it go. Right? But no. These girls are relentless. So, um... Tony and Hope spotted a couple of boys and talked to them before once again getting back into the car and leaving, arriving sometime later at the edge of some woods near um, Lori's home in Madison. Now, just to let you guys know, if you're a little squeamish, I'm sorry. I really am. We're going to go into her torture, and I'm really sorry about this. So, Lori led them to a dark, abandoned building off a log- logging road in a dense, densely forest area. Um, Tony and Hope were frightened and stayed in the car, while Love- well, Melinda and Lori made Chandra strip down to her underwear. Oh my god. Then, Melinda beat Chandra with her fist. Next, um... Melinda repeatedly slammed Chandra's face into her knee, which cut Chandra's mouth um, mouth on her braces. Then, Melinda tried to slash Sandra's throat, but the knife was too dull to do so. So, Hope came out of the car and to hold down Chandra. Loveless and Lori took turns stabbing Chandra in the t- chest... Then they strangled Sandra with a rope until she was unconscious, placing her in the trunk of the car and told the other two girls that Sandra was dead. <clears throat> the girls drove to Lori's neighborhood nearby home and went inside to drink soda and clean themselves. When they heard Sandra screaming in the trunk, Lori went out with a pair of paring knife and stabbed her several more times. Coming back a few minutes later um, covered with blood after she washed after she washed Lori told the girls futures with her runes yeah thank you at 2.30 a.m Tony and Hope stayed behind as Lori and Melinda went country cruising during driving to the nearby town of Canaan. Chandra continued to make crying and gurgling noises, so Lori stopped the car. Um, when they opened the trunk, Chandra sat up, covered in blood with her eyes rolled back in her head, but unable to speak. Um, Lori beat her with a tire iron until she went. She was silent, claiming that she felt the victim's head Caving in, and then told Melinda to smell it. Then, um, so there was also reports of the victims being the um, Sandra being sexually assaulted with the same weapon. Um, The tire iron assault was off and on for hours as the girls went on a joyride through the countryside. Melinda and Lori returned to Lori's house after just before daybreak to clean up. Um... Hope asks about Sandra and Lori laughingly described the torture. The conversation woke up Laurie's mother who yelled at the, her daughter for being out late and bringing home the girls. So Lori agreed to take them home. She drove to the burn pile where they opened the trunk to stare at Sandra. Um... Tony refused, Ripley sprayed, I mean, um, Hope sprayed Chandra with Windex and taunted, you're not looking so hot now, are you? Like, what was the point in that? Like, what was the point?
2: The stupidity got them. I like how Tony's like, um, I'm not doing this anymore. Smart idea. True. True are very smart now.
0: So the girls drove to a gas station near Madison Consoli- Consolidated High School, pumped some gasoline into the car, and then brought a two-liter bottle of Pepsi. Um, Lori poured out the Pepsi, refilled the bottle with gasoline. They drove north of Madison, past Jefferson Proving Ground, to Lemon Road, to Lemon Road off of U.S. Route... Four twenty-one, a place known as, a place known to Hope. Um, so Tony remained in the car while Laurie and Hope wrapped Chandra, um, Chandra, who was still alive, surprisingly, in a blanket and carried her to a field by the gravel, by the gravel road. Um, so Lori made... Hope pour the gasoline on Sandra, and then they set her on fire. Melinda was not convinced Chandra was dead, so they remained a few minutes later to pour the rest of the gasoline on her. The girls went to a McDonald's restaurant at 9:30 for breakfast, where they laughed about Chandra's body looking like one of those sausage. Those. Like one of the sauces they were eating.
2: You're disgusting.
0: I know. Tony. (laughs) Tony then phoned a friend and told her about the murder. I don't know why she did that. That's like the most dumbest thing to do. But we'll keep going. So then Lori then drops off. Um Tony and Hope at their homes, and finally returned to her home with melinda she told She told Amanda that they killed um Chandra and arranged to pick up amber later that day. A friend of Melinda Crystal Weather um came over to Lovelace's house, well Melinda's house, and they told her what had happened then the three girls drove to pick up amanda to take her back to love, to melinda's house where they told amanda the story both amanda and crystal were reluctant to- reluctant to believe the story until Lori showed them the trunk of the car with chandra's bloody handprints and socks still present um, amanda was horrified and asked to be taken home when they pulled up in front of her house, Melinda kissed um, Amanda. She told her she loved her and pleaded with her not to tell anyone. Amanda promised she would not before entering the house. I'm like, well, I would, if I, after seeing that, I would say the same thing. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell nobody. Once I get into that house, I'm breaking the news. I'm like, Mom, Dad, 911, this is what happened. Buckety, buckety. Why would you kiss her? Why would- Melinda kissed I her. I know,
2: I was talking about her before. Second so, thing is, why would you show that? That's disgusting. I don't know. And it's... I, w- I would throw up, but also be crying if I was... If I was okay, Melinda.
0: so... Later on the morning of January 11th, 1992, two brothers from Cannon were driving towards Jefferson Proving Grounds to go hunting when they noticed a body on the side of the road. They initially thought it was a mannequin of some sort, but upon Exiting the vehicle, realized that it was a burnt body of a child. They called the police at 10:55 a.m. and were asked to return. And were asked to return the corpse. David Cam, who was later acquitted of his own family's murder, was one of the the responding officers. What? We just got through two cases in there. I didn't realize that. My bad. My bad. Um, So, Jefferson County Sheriff Buck um, Shipley and detectives began an investigation collecting forensic evidence at the scene. They initially suspected a drug deal gone wrong and did not believe the crime had been committed by locals. It is also to be noted that her body was posed in a suggestive position. Very obviously, meaning that this was done on purpose and with intention. It was also found that the victim's face and hands were burnt in an attempt to keep her unrecognizable and unidentifiable. Chandra's father, Stephen, noticed his daughter was nowhere to be found early on January 11th. After phoning neighbors and friends. All morning, he called his former wife, Chandra's mom, Jacqueline. At 1:45 p.m., they went. They met and filed a missing person report with the Clark, Clark County Sheriff. At 8:20, a hysterical Tony and Hope went to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office with their parents. They both gave a very rambling state they both gave very rambling statements identifying the victim as Chandra, named the other two girls involved as best as they could, and described the main event of the previous night after an inter county investigation, Shipley counted the Cl- Clark County Sheriffs and finally was able to match the body to Chandra's missing persons report detectives obtained dental records that positively identified Chandra as the victim Lovelace Melinda and Laurie were arrested on January 12th the bulk of the evidence for the arrest warrant um, was that was Tony and Hope's statements the prosecution immediately declared it was intentional to try, well, it's, not that it's intentional, um, declared its intention to try both Melinda and Laurie as adults. For several months, the prosecutors and defense attorneys did not release any information about the case, given the news media, only the statements by Tony and Hope. All four girls were charged as adults, and just to avoid the death penalty, the girls accepted a plea bargain just so you know um so all four girls had traveling backgrounds with claims of physical or sexual abuse committed by a parent or other adults um tony hope and lori all had histories of self-harming behavior lori was diagnosed with a bipolar borderline personality disorder and suffering from hallucination while love while Melinda, often described as the ringleader of the attack, had the most intense, extensive history of abuse and mental health issues. So here's the sentence: um, Laurie and Melinda were sentenced to 60 years in Indiana's women's prison in Indiana, Indianapolis. Um, Laurie was released in 19, I mean in 2018 and served probation for one year. Melinda was released in 2019. Um, Hope was sentenced to 60 years with 10 years suspended for mitigating circumstances plus 10 years of medium, medium supervision probation. So, on appeal, a judge reduced the sentence to a 35-year, um, and that was for hope. In exchange for her cooperation, Tony was allowed to plead guilty to one count of criminal confinement and was sentenced to a maximum of 20 years. Um, a quick appeal thing. Let's just go real quick. So, in October two thousand and seven, uh, Melinda's attorney Mark Small requested a hearing to to argue for his client's release. He said that Lovelace had been profoundly retarded by childhood abuse. Moreover, she had not been represented. Comp- 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 Uh, Competently? Competently.
1: Competently.
0: Okay. (laughs) We're all getting tongue-tied. Sorry. By counsel during her sentencing, which caused her to accept a plea bargain in the face of exaggerated claims about her chances of receiving the death penalty. Mm -hmm. Tony Lords. Okay, so, and then, um, so Small also argued that Loveless, who was 16 years old when she signed the plea um, agreement was too young to enter into a contract in the state of Indiana without consent from a parent or guardian, which had not been obtained. So if the judge accepted these agreements, Lovelace could have been reti- retried or released outright. Um, and then on t- uh, January 8, 2008, Melinda requested, request was rejected by Jefferson Circuit Judge Ted Todd. Instead, Melinda would be eligible for parole in 15 years, thus maintaining the original guilty plea. On November 14, 2008, Melinda appealed was denied by the Indiana Court of Appeals upholding Judge Todd's ruling. Small Small stated that he would seek to have jurisdiction over the case moved to Indiana Supreme Court. Now, just to let you know, all girls have been released. Just so you know. No. So, yes. Tony was released on December fourteenth, two thousand uh two thousand after serving nine years. She remained on parole until two thousand I mean to December two thousand and two. On April twenty eighth, two thousand and six, Hope was released from Indiana Women's Prison on parole after serving fourteen years of her original sentence. She re- remained on supervised parole for five years until April 2011. Lori was released from Rockville Correctional Facility in January 11, 2018, the 26th anniversary of Shonda's death um, after serving nearly 26 years, and she has complete completed an additional year of parole. Melinda was released from Indiana Women's Prison on September 5th, 2019. After serving 26 plus years in prison, um, she will serve parole in Jefferson County, um, Kentucky. Um, and that is the case. Um, does anybody have remarks? I know we got quiet. I'm trying to find um the
2: the leather thing that I had from Tony Lawrence and I lost it. So now I have to look for it again. Oh. But um this is a this say deeply love psycho psych- murder thing. <laughs> I lost my word, so I just replaced it with You know what? You psycho now Okay, what is Sandra your opinion? Sandra is, lo- is a little lost angel Yes Um <clears throat>
1: Oh, fuck That's what I gotta say like, like, what the fuck is this? Um So Loveless served the most mm-hmm. uh, and she was the ringleader, so she should have served the most. Yep. Um, the other three idiots were like, I don't understand. There's two things I don't understand. You know that you're gonna go commit a murder, because at least Lovelace knew she was going to commit a murder,
0: mm-hmm. and Laurie, and Laurie would
1: attack it.
0: Yeah, she knew that they were gonna um, murder Chandra. Yes. The only Loveless ones who didn't know that they were gonna that Chandra was gonna be murdered was Tony and Hope. Okay.
2: I can't read this because it's, it's in cursive, and I'm a good reader at cursive. It's kind of blurry, so like, like, could you try to read it for me? Like, most of the notes are blurry, and I'm, like, over here, like, bro, can I get a clear vision so, like, maybe
0: I can see?
1: And I was
0: like, I know. What the hell? Okay, so this is uh from Tony Lawrence. It's called Wish. She says, I... I wish I could erase all of the happenings if that if that right then everything would be all right but I know that I can't for a simple fact that I can't I know that I can fight She. she yeah, it's kind of blurry. I can't read that. Oh, the fight the terrible memories of that night. I know that God forgives me and that I won't have to dream... Oh, have to draw in that fiery era. I want to go home and hide away like a, a little no little no Okay.
2: I read I read Sandra's letters and I was I was gonna cry because like they're so adorable.
0: Okay, well we're not oh, oh, let's wait, let's hear anyone's opinion. I'm sorry.
1: That's no, fine. Um that letter
0: means crap to me. I know. Shonda wanted to go home too. Um. So here's the thing is that they said that the last thing Shonda said like her last word was mommy. As a normal 12 year old girl would do. Yeah. Um.
1: I think it's also sick that all this happened over a girl no not so much over a girl because worse things have happened over a girl um but because of the thinking that she was going out with with Melinda's girl um I mean not Melinda with Loveless's girl yeah Melinda oh Melinda okay um And all they did was go to the dance together.
0: Well, they were having secret notes. That's the part I didn't mention.
1: Yeah, no, you did mention that they were passing notes and stuff. But they they weren't in... uh, Well, I'm going to guess that Chandra was not in a sexual relationship
0: with this girl. So if you want to know more, I would also recommend watching um, The Deadliest Decade 1990s. There's, I think it's, like, episode two um, that discusses this case. And, the it's not confirmed if there was a sexual encounter. Um, it's just one of Sandra's notes to Aunt Amanda was, I miss your touch, your soft skin, kind of like that. And it's just, that could just easily be, you know, holding hands, you know. That can easily be, you know, a uh, uh, rub of the arm you know
1: brushing her cheek
0: yeah oh uh, okay um
1: and i agree with with um make why is a 12 year old hanging out with all these 15 16 and 17 year olds
0: that's that's what i that would make
1: no sense to me
0: at all it doesn't. Um, why would I mean? And I'm not gonna blame
1: her parents, obviously, because they probably didn't know. But and I can also understand why a 12 year old would want to hang out with older people. But at the same time, it's like, why are you guys hanging out with her? Like she had nothing. You guys are talking about boys and or girls or whatever. And she's looking at dolls and cartoons. Mickey Mouse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's, it's like, even though it's only four to five years apart, but in essence, it's a lifetime apart because they've grown up and thinking about who they want to date, who they want to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Shalinda's 12 years old. She's looking, she's Saturday, it's 1990. Saturday, um morning cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Well, 1991. 1991. So still, 1990. Um, Yeah. I was a teenager then. So yeah, Saturday Saturday morning cartoons was a big thing. True. You know. But it's senseless murder for no reason. Just because they went to a dance together. Deeply loving
2: murder. You know.
1: And then the thing is that, that Loveless herself was with her and not with her at the same time because she was dating an older woman. So what the hell did she care you cheated. who you cheated.
0: she was dating? Um, I think it's just, it just more of the fact of, you know, she was... She had a thing for, um, for Amanda and to know that this young girl could take her spot and easily replace her. It's like, mm, you know. I I love I love anime
2: I love anime related games. There's this one game that I love to play, and it's about this girl who's in love with this boy. I'm not saying that like this is, but she killed everyone that was close, everyone that like, like everyone, even his closest friends, just to get him to love her. It's I'm not saying that it's exactly like this, but it kind of reminds me of like amanda's the senpai not a yeah man, amanda right and then melinda's the yandere over here that wants her okay it's like melinda's broken amanda she she heals her she gives her feelings like melinda's not human You probably don't understand what I'm saying, but...
0: No, I I, I do, there's... we I think majority of us have watched, you know, anime and are into that, so... We do know what you're talking. But,
2: like, that's what I kind I of get from it. Sense. But I found this, like... I, f- I think it's a little bit good, better than the
0: Tony Lawrence one. can't read it because it's it's kind of sloppy okay uh actually this is from Amanda so Amanda writes Chandra I love you truly talk to you later PS don't worry I still like you do you still like like me well love love ya, Amanda and then she writes the date Ni- 91 92 93 smooth Smooth sailing. And then it's, it's some other things that I can't, I can't understand, like that coating that they had used. Looks like a heart. Um, Wasn't she dead in
1: ninety,
2: ninety one? Well, I don't know what those numbers can mean. 91, 92, 93.
1: Okay, I take them as years. Okay, gotcha.
0: Like us, um, we would take it as the years, but I think it might have been um like. A code that they had.
1: Yeah, but also the thing of I still like you. Is it? I don't know. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not gonna try to, um, <laughs>
0: depict what a, what a, fifteen sixteen year old is trying to think. Yeah, um, that that's that's a that's a whole case on its own. <laughs> I tried to search it up on
2: Google. The calculator put negative ninety four. I'm over here like no. That's not what I wanted. Oh, um, gee. And then I go and search. Just Jordan's bulls, bull bulls roaster. I, this is not what I want. Okay, stop. Please stop.
0: <laughs> um, I'm trying to get everyone in a good mood. So, I think this case one. I don't think they served enough time. Um.
1: No, by a long shot.
0: No. Um. It's just, it's sad that this young girl had to lose her life over a stupid thing of because I liked someone and now you're with them kind of scenario, you know? She wasn't even in the same school anymore. So my thing is like, it should have ended already, you know? That should have been done. But it is what it is. Um... We can't turn back the hands of time, um, although sometimes we wish we could. But however, um, if you guys have an opinion or you want to send us some info about a case you want to hear us do, please email us at
1: murderconventions21 at gmail.com
0: Or you can always leave us a comment or send us a message. On our
1: instagram at intentions underscore podcast and as always you can tweet us at uh
0: m i true cry podcast All right guys we'll see you next week with another case. <laughs> I just don't remember what <laughs> um
1: well it is it will be May by then I think
0: I think so. I'm so disgusted. No, no um, May first is Oh, mother, Sunday. Mothers uh mother's month. So are we
1: starting that next Saturday? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, because that's the the what the 30th? I
0: think so, yeah. So wait, are month?
2: you gonna do a wait, are you gonna do a podcast about like
0: mothers? Yes. We'll explain to you when we get off. <laughs> what the hell? Um so, we'll talk to you guys later. Uh, try to h- have a good week. I'm sorry about the double feature, but, you know, things happen. But at least we gave you back your your episode. So,
1: yeah. It happens Life gets in the way. People get sick and, you know, not feeling good. So,
0: but anyway, yeah. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.